the interview at YC is uh, like a tornado, right? We called that partner out and we said, hey, like this is what you had said we won't be able to do. But before the lockdown, we were able to do this and more. And they selected us. We got into YC Summer 20 batch. Welcome to Backstage with Millionaires, the show where we bring you the stories of real Indian startups told by the entrepreneurs that built them. I'm Caleb Friesen, and on the show today, how Moinak Sarkar turned his struggling restaurant menu startup into one of India's most successful restaurant management ecosystem companies, Explorex. Restaurants are one of the highest failure rate businesses in the world. About 60% of them fail within their first year, and an additional 20% don't make it past four years. And the thing is that this usually doesn't really have anything to do with food. Anybody can pull up a good recipe on Google, collect the right ingredients, and whip something up in the kitchen, but doing that at scale while juggling multiple employees, rent, inventory, payments, customer satisfaction, cleanliness, and hygiene, and all while turning a profit is incredibly difficult to do. Restaurants in India usually have a profit margin of somewhere around 15%, and a couple of bad reviews can quickly bring that percentage down, which is where Explorex comes into the picture. Their platform acts as a supportive and nurturing ecosystem, and at the center of it all sits an operating system called Bridge OS. Now, I use the word operating system here because restaurants actually function in a very similar manner to a computer, with multiple components and pieces all working together to bring an enjoyable customer experience. You have waiters and waitresses, cashiers, cooks and kitchen staff, and of course, owners. And BridgeOS bridges the gap between all of these moving pieces that make up a restaurant business. They offer things like digital menus that customers can scan using a QR code, online table service so that customers don't need to wait for a waiter to come before placing their order, online payments, which not only make things a lot easier at the end of the night for restaurant staff, who usually end up having to stay several hours to complete a grueling process called reconciliation, but also is a huge step in terms of the diner's overall experience and a whole of other features that have enabled Explorex to become one of the leading restaurant management platforms in the country. But this success hasn't always been a reality for Explorex's CEO, Moinak Sarkar. He began his entrepreneurial journey with an idea, a hotel startup to be precise. This business never ended up leaving the ideation stage, but it's how he and his co-founder Pritam Khan met back in 2016 at IIT Karagpur. And during their first meeting itself, Moinak asked Pritam a question that most people would wait a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months of being friends to ask. The first thing that I asked him was, uh, would you be interested in doing a startup, right? And at that point of time, he was not. He was uh, pretty much like, uh, he was like, what's the idea? And tons of questions. Why will this work? Like he asked me more questions than an investor asked you during a seed round, right? And uh, at that point of time, I, so I've always been traveling throughout my life as well. So I told him that hotels are a big problem. I, uh, didn't know about Oyo, by the way, at that point of time. And the idea was not nothing like Oyo, but it was something like last minute, how do I uh, know where I can get a room? I'm not talking about five stars. I'm talking about budget hotels, right? And he was like, why would people do this? And I said, imagine your family just travels to some place and they just need a room for like two days and all going for medical work or something like that. And we, we never worked on this, but we kind of ideated and thought, yeah, this is a good idea. And... Uh, I, from my college days, have been uh, 
building relationship with a lot of VCs, right? I have those friendly relations even today with a lot of these VCs. And I used to talk to them, pitch them. And they used to make me understand why this would not work and all, right? So then we decided that this is not going to work out. And that's when we kind of pondered. And that's where the Eatable story actually comes up. Okay. Yeah, Eatables. Yeah. So this was sort of the precursor to ExploreX, yeah. B2C model instead yeah, of yeah. B2B model. Yeah. Am I correct in thinking that the the name here is E-Tables? Like almost- The S does not exist. Oh, E-Table. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and how, yeah, tell me more about the the idea behind this, this company that you guys ended up creating. Absolutely. So- uh, Apart from IIT Kharagpur, I have been to IIT Bombay and IIT Delhi as well. And th both of those are within the city. IIT Bombay is in Pawai. You get everything in and around you, like restaurants and all. Same with IIT Delhi. But IIT Kharagpur is 150 kilometers away from Kolkata, right? It's actually 150 kilometers away from Howrah and then another 10, 20 kilometers away from that. And weekends, since we were from Kolkata, we did not spend uh, our weekends at the hostel like everybody else, right? So we used to go out and we thought that, okay, we'll chill. So we used to plan on Fridays that, okay, these are the locations. We used to church on the net and internet and figure out that this offer is going on or this show is going to happen or something or, or this place has Tubog because we had budget for Tubog maybe at that point of time, right? And we used to go there and get disappointed that, okay, this is an uh, week old event or this does not exist right now or we don't have Tubog but we have Budweiser and Budweiser was like 300 at that point of time Tubog was 110 and we didn't have that money we had 220 for two beers so we started like uh, asking around that why don't you update this and then we figured out that it took at least two weeks for these guys to uh, get it updated if they mailed today right they did not have the freedom to do it on their own which platforms are we talking about here so primarily they were Zomato because uh, Google at that point of time was not what it is today, right? Today this you was like 2016, 2017. 2016, yeah. 2015, 2016, yeah, 2016. And uh, we thought that, okay, so if we solve this for you, would you like to use a product, right? And everybody was like, yes. So uh, me and Pritam started uh, working on this. So it had to have a back end. It had to have a, a front end where you basically, the restaurants can get onboarded. It had to have an Android app. We started with an Android app and then we built the iOS. Everything was done by Pritam. And uh, the thing was that we didn't have anybody who could design. And Pritam had this friend of his who was an IIEST, which is again, a good college. Uh, it's the oldest engineering college in India, by the way. And he uh, was a photographer. He, while he was studying engineering, he had passion in photography and design and all of those things. So we brought him and we told you design the logo, you design everything and how it's going to look. So we built the first MVP. We went to me and this guy used to go out and we got around 200 to 50 restaurants onboarded within three months, right? This is all in Kolkata. This is all in Kolkata, nowhere else. And uh, the thing is now we are waiting for the app to launch. The app launches and nobody else, nobody downloads it. Like we had what? We had 10,000 lifetime downloads. That's nothing, right? Uh, the problem uh, is at, this was around 2017 when I decided to drop out and Pritam had a pre-placement offer from LinkedIn. So he had interned with LinkedIn as his final internship. And he was one of the two guys that got a PPO offer, right? Uh, and he joined LinkedIn and I decided that, okay, Kolkata was a little bit backward in terms of adopting technology. I being from there would say the same, right? Uh, like when I told my dad that, hey, there's a service called Ola or Uber that you can use your phone to book. 
he was like why would i do that why are these guys giving rides for free right they are definitely going to cheat me some way so i'll still wait for the normal yellow cabs and it took him at least one and a half years to start using ola and he missed out on that entire 10 free rides and all of those things so i used to log in using his credentials and get those free rides because we didn't have money right so we had to figure out ways to travel and do all of those things and uh, similarly when phone pay and google pay even if uh, till last year when i went to a tea shop and paid by upi they would check their bank statement they would wait for the bank sms and then they would let you go like paying in cash would have been much easier so they they don't just wait to see your phone they don't screen. trust you they'll also check yours you, you can have own. a screenshot showing them right that i just paid so they're like i need my bank to confirm that the money has been received and then they'll let you go so we decided that okay kolkata is backward but bangalore is the city right where tech was happening so came down to bangalore dropped out of iit and uh, but, but so i just yeah. want to get an idea of what this actually was so it's it's essentially a platform where restaurants can update their menus and yeah. and stuff like that and customers it, can check and see the up to date information yeah it's not just that so it was uh, kind of we also believe that you don't go on instagram or facebook to check out restaurants right you go on these platforms maybe facebook for friends or movie pages or something like that so we basically thought that okay let's build a separate instagram ish kind of something where people could come in they could basically follow their favorite restaurants stay updated also share their we were seeing all of these food bloggers i was one of them myself right that a dedicated platform where people could do all of these things and we added gamification and all later uh but when we came to bangalore we saw the same thing 150 kind of outlets signed up for the first version of eatable but no customers right and it mainly reliant upon you word of mouth walking around and walking showing around. them hey can you sign up with this thing absolutely like i was just walking around kormangala uh, sarjapur area belendur all of this side and getting anybody and everybody that and it was not hard to sell because first of all we were offering for free indians love free products right the second thing was there was nothing uh, like this that they could communicate or connect with customers and every business wants customers so they were happily signing up but uh, consumers were not downloading it right we tried adding a loyalty feature to it like when you go to your favorite restaurant you just pay and you get points we figured out that standalone loyalty does not work it can work for a starbucks or a, even a kfc and mcd which i can have here or delhi or anywhere i travel but i won't go to the same cafe multiple times just because of loyalty or i won't go to the same pub so that's around 2018 end when we said that this is not working out we need to figure out what like this was our problem but we see that the majority of the people do not feel that it is a problem right that must have been so hard though right that's like <laughs> two years of you sort of building this thing and investing so much of yourself your passion yeah. only to find out that actually we've not the problem that we're solving might mm -hmm. be a problem for us but not for everybody else you know so uh, i've learned a few things during this journey right uh, i'll say the one of those things is a lot of people say that start with your own problem Yes, start with your own problem. But where a lot of early uh, entrepreneurs, like who are just getting started, they mess up in the execution. We did that as well, uh, because right now with Explorex, we are doing something that's coming back to that era, but it's going to happen in a better way, right? So the way we approached the problem was not the right way. The problem does exist, but it's not a burning pain point for people. It was a vitamin instead of a painkiller. It's not enough to make them download a separate yeah, app. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, so we started talking to all of these customers we used to spend time we hired uh, two interns uh, to help us out right one of those interns today is an avp with us right uh, so we started talking to customers at this place and we figured out that 
hey, why do I still have to wait for somebody to come in and give me a menu after I'm seated? I, I'm being, I've been sitting for 10 minutes and nobody came, right? And then this menu is torn, it's dirty, there's gravy on top of it. I can book my movie tickets on my phone. I can book a cab right now on my phone. I don't have to go to the streets. Why do I have to wait on this particular guy to come in every time and take my order or get my check and all of those things? So 2019, we basically pivoted to QR code orders, right? And that is very prescient. I mean, you didn't know that the pandemic was about to hit and con and contactless was going to be a yeah, thing. Yeah. But you guys were basically building for that without knowing it. Yeah, we were building for convenience, right? If you uh, go to most of the microbreweries or pubs, right? You'll find dimly lit because they want that kind of an ambience. But it's very hard. I've seen people reading menus with flashes on their phones, right? So we built it out. We got a few really good places on board with us, like microbreweries. We went after the top guys, not the cafes, right? And we saw that's when people were actually downloading the app. They were ordering and we could, uh, we in fact, in uh, did this experiment. One of the, that at that point of time, it was one of the largest brew pubs in Asia. We said, give us a section and we'll show you that we can make more money per table than your other things. And we showed them that, right? And that was because if I'm free to order, I can, if I want a beer, I can order a beer, I can get a beer. But instead of like waiting 10 minutes for somebody to come in and serve me that beer or take my order and then come back later. Or if you want to go up to the bar and, yeah. and shoulder people out of the way to yeah. try to order something. Absolutely. It's a hassle. Was it difficult? Because uh, Eatable, mm -hmm. that's a that's an easier sell, right? Yeah. They really don't have to do much. Yeah. You, you can just like maybe take a picture of their menu, yeah. put yeah. it on the platform. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, they actually have to outfit their restaurant with these little QR codes. Yeah. And it's, it's a more serious action yeah. for them to take was it hard for you to convince them? Even now I meet a few owners who are very old school who are like, uh, I want to keep my paper menu because that's what's unique about me. I say, What I feel in my mind is your menu is not unique about your place, your food, your service, everything has to be. Your menu can be copied by anybody. Your service cannot be copied by. That's execution, right? So yeah, uh, the thing was we also added another convenience feature called call waiter on the app itself. So you could just press a button like you do on a flight and somebody would come and attend your table, right? And those were the convenience features that people were looking for. Like I can book my Uber, I can call my waiter and we had added like you can call for water, cutleries, tissues, anything, right? And if anything else, then there's another box where you can fill it in. It was this time when we realized what sad state the restaurant industry was in terms of software offerings, right? Because we tried integrating this because uh, when you placed an order on Eatable, it would fall onto our, our dashboard. And from there in, you had to enter it into your own ordering system. So we tried integrating so that this does not happen. You can automatically do it in one go. And it was terrible experience. Like... Uh, on-premise system, no connection to the internet. Like if, if anything, if somebody pours a beer on the server, you're gone, you're lax in terms of losses, right? And we decided that, okay, so if we have to tackle this, we have to our own order management system, right? And that's when 2020 happened. So we were just in the middle of building it. 2020 happened, lockdown, everything gets shut down. We did not know what was going to happen. When was this going to open up and stuff? And how are you guys doing financially at that point? Terrible, right? Like we didn't raise, we are almost bootstrapped, right? We had a few family and friends who backed us a bit. And at that point of time, I had a few people with me who are still there. Uh, some of them are still there. And I personally, so uh, I have a friend that was our first customer, by the way, 
who became like a mentor and then became like a brother to me right like he is today if i ask for any help that hey can you get me connected to this owner or can you get me this information he always helps out so i just went to him and i said hey i need to pay these people would you be able to lend me 15 lakhs right and without a word he gave me 15 lakhs and i didn't even know how am i going to give this back because i come from a middle class family 15 lakhs is a lot of money and uh, anyways i took it and uh, tried paying their salaries like at least not 100% of it but rent and normal like something let's say we cut out 40% of it or 30% of it and we just paid them and they were happy and all uh, and it was this time when we decided that yeah uh, like let's try yc again one more time you had a, you had applied to get into yc in the past this was a third attempt oh wow uh, the previous one we had uh, gone till the interview round but the interview at yc is uh, like a tornado right you don't even realize like you just said they turn on the stopwatch it's a 10 minute dot 10 minute thing it's not going to be 10 minute once again and they'll not let you speak they'll cut in between they'll ask questions they'll like it's 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 an intense it's the most intense thing that has ever happened to me i think the only com- comparable one because pritham has done and i have not done it is uh, probably diving skydiving right so he told me that skydiving and then why say interview <laughs> so we didn't make it then we were not prepared we got startled and all but we said okay and we were not very confident because we didn't even at that point of time we had traction we were growing now we don't have anything right so we filled out the form uh there so if you get to the interviews they give you a reason for your rejection right and uh, at that point of time uh, the partner that had interviewed us so in the introduction video that you have to make for the application we called that partner out and we said hey like this is what you had said we won't be able to do but before the lockdown we were able to do this and more right we just did that and that video is still up on youtube uh and we see that we got a got a interview call super uh, lucky to have partners like uh, team brady and uh, kevin len was one of our group partners aaron uh, aaron epstein and we told them guys we don't have any product any numbers but we have a lot of learning from all of these years that we've been in and we know where the story is going and what can become and what needs to be done and they selected us we got into yc summer 20 batch the first remote batch right what did what were you pitching to them was it still this sort of b to c offering no. or was there something was there a change in the in the strategy oh it was a much bigger vision right so at that point of time uh, i had enough time to think what is happening in this industry and i deeply believe that after everything restaurants are going to come back it's not going to be delivery only because we as human beings are social creatures we'll go out we'll hang out and i had this thing that everything is a point solution today whereas all of these are interconnected problems that need to be solved and a lot of this can be automated right so my pitch to ic was you build an ecosystem solution that is something similar to a uh, an apple ecosystem where everything connects seamlessly or a google ecosystem right and wherein in the future any restaurant that opens comes on to explorex and they even before opening they can get everything done right from your payments your lending your staff hiring your vendor management your customers everything can be done over here and that was the bigger picture that the ecosystem vision is something that they were very much impressed with right later we learned from kevin that there was a company called toast in us we didn't even know about that and they were already doing a lot of this right we are doing 20% more than them in terms of offerings because india is a different kind of a market but they had done it and they were like somewhere close to 
10 billion dollars in valuation at that point of time i believe right and then when 2021 happened when everything opened up they ipoed for 30 billion and then their shares went up to i think 65 now it's trading at 15 because the market is entirely down do you, do you think that influenced your acceptance into yc that that toast was in existence and they were aware of it it could have been a part but when we spoke so yc actually has a software when you apply that software actually tracks your previous applications because you have your hacker hacker news uh, id right so they see the progress and they see the, the main thing that they uh, believe is founders who do not give up have a higher chance of success right and they saw us applying 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 and even during the lockdown we applied so that was one of the other reasons because we did not have any product we didn't even have a product on demo day what would we build where where would we sell it like restaurants were shut down we were just talking to customers and talking to customers and trying something out right we are trying to help them with takeaway orders we built a small platform for takeaway orders right so that's when they started calling us okay you guys are doing something like snack pass so they said you are snack pass for india we said we are not snack pass for india <laughs> so anyways that happened in 2021 when uh, the market properly opened before valentines day we launched our mvp which was the ordering and the order management system nothing else right and we launched it at three microbreweries and boy those guys were grateful to us after that because valentines day the entire restaurants were packed and because of covid a lot of these restaurant staff actually 90% of restaurant staffs are migrant workers they don't uh, come from bangalore so they had gone back and they are not come back so at a full capacity and these large places they could not have survived without the qr code ordering and the order management all on one click and they were like totally in love with us and those are the top 3 customers who have become our ambassadors in the restaurant industry or the restaurant fraternity right so that happened and then we started slowly building and then another lockdown happened in 2021 right you remember but what happened was we had that money from yc and i was actually yeah yeah sorry but we kind of skimmed over that yeah, yeah. you guys raised uh 150000 dollars from yeah, yeah 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 so that's the standard deal that yc has right we raised that and we had that money we were like three four people at that point of time and 150k in india is a lot of money like for four guys so we we decided not to raise on demo day uh, because uh, it would add unnecessary pressure that you have raised and you're not doing anything so we built relationships with uh, a lot of investors and uh, how are so i i'll get here like during that lockdown period we were just talking to customers and we were figuring out what to build and we took that time to build right without distractions without anything no feedback to come because restaurants are shut so we are building everything on uh, and building new things and we built payments with razer pay inbuilt on the qr code ordering earlier you could just order not pay now you could pay as well and now the payments were starting to happen we were doing around 7 to 8% of payments in a restaurant going through us and uh, i reached out to kevin uh, kevin lin from twitch right that hey you are our group partner you invested in these companies i just wanted to ask why you didn't invest in us so here he, his reply was you didn't ask so i said i'm asking you now he said yeah i'll just write a check drop me an email i'll do that he, he does that that kicks in our uh, pre seed round he introduces uh, he introduces me to tahir one of his close friends tahir is a super angel he he had invested in coinbase and a lot of other companies unicorns and all he comes in he comes in with his friends uh, a lot of other people that i had already known and that 850 round gets done in like a week no due diligence to be done because it was done on a safe note anyways so it just got done in a week started building start and here what happened uh, at that point of time we took a decision that basically built us the way we are today right 
instead of going after cafes and the smaller like people usually uh, advise uh, or advises you that in a startup go after the low hel- low hanging fruits we went at the top of the chain we went after the microbreweries who were the hardest to get like they had multiple partnerships uh, multiple channels down that you have to go to the gm then the owner then his other partners it's like an ic it's like going through a vc fundraise right and we said we'll do that because they will force us to build a quality product right because they will not compromise with their outlet because those guys are making what 150k 200k a month in terms of revenue a smaller cafe might be happy with just a billing system and that's not our vision that's not what we want to build out so yeah we did that and we got a lot of backlash 2022 we had three major blackouts during uh, peak operations uh, on weekends and the first one happened just before valentine's day in 2022 and we were like out of our minds that okay now everybody's going to leave us because valentine's day is coming and these guys we are like amateurs we just started and nobody's going to stay with us they like blasted us like anything but nobody left right it was also around this time that uh, we had uh, done something unique we started printing upi qr codes at the end of your paper bill because we saw that a lot of people were not paying on the web app because it was a hassle to uh, go to razor pay add your card details and all and we were seeing uh, so the software that we offer to restaurant gives us god's eye view right we know what kind of revenue you're making we know what's your margins and all we know where uh, what por- percentage of your payments come from which mode and we saw upi was at 30% at that point of time so what we did was we started printing upi qr codes at the bottom of your paper bill so how the restaurant o- operates is they will come in with a bill and then you have to ask them hey get me the qr code out of the machine and he'll again go back and come back and if they're smart they'll put the qr code on the little letter yeah. or booklet that they bring the, yeah, the yeah. receipt in yeah. but sometimes they don't do that even if that was done our qr code was a step better because if you scanned a normal qr code you'd have to fill in and everything if you scanned our qr code the bill would be automatically there right so it's just enter your pin and you're done so we started doing 18 to 20% of the restaurants uh, revenue through us right at this point of time we saw 40 45% was done through credit cards or debit cards and i just reached out to ketan patel who's the ceo of mswipe a cold note on linkedin that hey this is what we are trying to do we are a team of these guys and we just did yc and all and if you help out it would be great and uh, ketan is an absolute gentleman i'm telling you like uh, another guy who treats me like a brother right so ketan basically says yes next day gets on a call with uh, the head of business nantara and we figure out how to do things immediately sets up a team for us two months of work we have mswipe devices with our app running on top of it and we go live with payments in april like that's pilot and around june we launch full scale and from then onwards it started like 40% today we are at 60% of our restaurants payments we're also partnered with pine labs banks are partnering with us we are partnering with lending facilities and all right so everything i feel i've been lucky till this point right uh, yeah there was a lot of hard work without hard work you even if you get lucky you'll not be lucky for long right but yeah these people supporting us it 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 feels great right so that was uh, how we started this journey and how we got here yeah one of the trends that i'm noticing here the big breakthroughs that you mm-hmm. guys have um for example with that uh, pre seed round of yeah. it ended up being a million dollars mm-hmm. 150k from yc yeah. and then 850k from a bunch of angels yeah was that you just reached out and you yeah. said hey 
can you uh, can you help us out? Can you, yeah. you know, finance this startup that we're building? Mm. And the answer was yes. Yeah. Right. Same thing with uh, this payment solution. Yeah. Right. You just reach out and say, hey, this is what we're building. Yeah. Do you want to be a part of this story? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And a lot of people just don't take that step. Exactly. And uh, I do advise a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs right now, right? And I tell them, what's the worst thing that can happen if you reach out? Uh, They are going to say no, right? And reach out not just once, reach out multiple times. Because when you reach out to me, I might be in a meeting, I might be busy and a thousand things can be on the top of my mind. So you have to do that. Either I'm going to come and say, boss, I'm not uh, available right now or I'm not interested in this. And that's the worst that can happen to you. I'm not going to go and say, hey, this guy is just bothering me don't talk to him that's not something that anybody does so ask out reach out like that shows intent as well right that this guy wants to do something a lot of people don't do that so yeah that's the thing and the other part is also about building a great team and that having that key inside that how do you build the next product it during the early days it cannot be data very honestly, like any startup that's starting out and thinks that, okay, we'll look at data, you will not have that data. So you have to go with a common sense that, yeah, you might go wrong, but you have to study that, okay, does this make sense? And let me try a MVP before building out an entire polished product and then get disappointed, right? And if your MVP is value adding to a customer's life, even if it is one or 10, you know that you're adding some sort of value, take customer feedback and build on top of it, right? That's what we did. Why we did payments, we never thought of making money out of payments, right? I'll tell you why we did payments. So when we were doing QR codes on the bills, when a customer paid, that table would get automatically settled. Now, what happens today without ExploreX is when you uh, pay your bill using your card or anything, right? The waiter takes your payment and you as a customer, you leave. But now the waiter has to go back to the system He has to enter the table. He has to enter the card, last four digits, the amount and all. And if somebody else is taking an order, he's getting delayed. Customers are getting uh, irritated. And that's not the end of it. At the end, when the restaurant is closing for the day, you have to sit back with the cashier and go through because all the slips coming out of this are uh, pinned and the records that you have done. So you have to match that, okay, you took everything in, you did everything in the right way. And that took around two, two and a half hours of their time at night. And then they again have to come back during the day and serve, right? So when we did the payments with the cards, our one request with uh, Mswipe and the team was that we need this feature. Without this, we're not doing payments. And they were really supportive they helped out and we basically now what happened was we also saw that when a waiter would be in a rush hour they might make instead of a thousand they might make ten thousand as the entry and people are drunk and they'll pay and the next day they'll show up and they'll cause trouble right and these guys are not uh, like unfortunately they're not paid and in india we don't have a minimum wage or something like that so they get treated the worst so we have this thing within the organization that Uh, We lead with empathy, right? We care about uh, not just making money or not just making money for the owner, but how do we make people's lives better, right? So what would happen is now the waiter would come in with our machine. He would enter the table number and the bill would be automatically there. He collects the payment and it's automatically recorded in the system. No need to manually check because it's automatically settled. And then we understood that restaurants are a rolling cash business that you need cash for almost everything, like money, not cash. So we said that we'll settle all the payments that you receive by uh, 12am of tonight will be settled by 9am of tomorrow. And we are the fastest in this, by the way, in the market. So 
what we did with the payments was yes we basically made the owner's life better he's getting his money but we made the waiter's life so much better because now instead of two and a half hours he's probably spending half an hour and where the cashier is very smart what they're doing is immediately when he gets cash or any uh, message uh, in terms of let's say your uh, discount platforms or anything he does those accounting immediately because he also doesn't want to sit back and it's not just the owners who love our product. I, I believe the owners are the last who love our product uh, because they don't use it day in, day out. It's the staff that love our product and they're addicted to it. And I'll and I'll say this. I'm Canadian, right? Mm -hmm. So coming from Canada, um, for whatever reason, I've just noticed that generally staff at restaurants and cafes and, and breweries, they're happier. They're yeah. a bit more personable, mm -hmm. uh, usually a little bit more educated. That's yeah. just our, our country, mm -hmm. right? Our society, yeah. that there's a higher level of education. Yeah. Whereas here, it's much more uncommon mm. to experience that level yeah, of, yeah. of like, you know, employee customer rapport where they just kind of make you feel like they're your friend mm -hmm. um, and you get along really nicely, right? That comes from employees being happy, right? Yeah. And so it actually improves the customer experience at the end of the day when the employees aren't staying up for that extra two, mm -hmm. three hours in the evening and mm -hmm. it's only 30 minutes. Yeah. And I think, what, in India, restaurant industry, what's the employee churn rate? Seven, How, it's over 70%. Wow. That's reported in NRAI's uh, annual report. I have yet to receive this year's report, but that last report mentioned that. And I would imagine that a large part of that is that two to three hours at the end of the day when you're already exhausted yeah. and you've already had a couple of mishaps, maybe customers abusing yeah. you, bad things happen, you yeah. drop the food, whatever. Yeah. Now I have to spend another two, three hours and you know my husband or my yeah. wife and my kids are waiting for me to get mm -hmm. home and I'm just exhausted. And you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm, yeah. qui I'm quitting. And the other part is, you know, because of this churn, what happens is uh, if you go to, let's say, an ITC, they will train their staff to a very, very professional level before... Uh, they bring them on the job. In every other restaurant, that is not possible, right? Because a staff comes in today, he might leave tomorrow. Training is not... So whenever you'd ask like, what's good here? They would say butter chicken or chili chicken, the common dishes and all. And when somebody just asks, what's the sauce in this preparation? They would not know. And that would spoil the customer's experience. Now with the menu, what they have a shortcut is whenever somebody asks them, they say, oh, here you go to the view details and you get everything. So this is the sauce. If you want anything, you can let me know. So even their life has become better. Uh, I used to see waiters wearing uh, those MI watches to track steps, right? That has literally halved right now. And they tell us about this, right? They love everything about what we are doing. And I've seen people leaving places to come to an Explorex powered outlet, right? And the other part is you don't need a lot of manpower in an Explorex powered outlet because a lot of things are automated. A lot of like a waiter who was able to serve four tables previously would be able to serve at least six tables right now. They're in 50% of your uh, efficiency has been increased, right? I'm really surprised though, what you're describing kind of makes a lot of sense, right? Build this ecosystem out, right? You've got multiple solutions and it's all included in, I'm assuming, right? It's all included in one package. Yeah. So the restaurant doesn't need to pay for this separate service and that separate service from the same company. Yeah. Because that would that would sort of make them second guess. Okay, yeah. well, maybe I don't need that. Maybe yeah. I don't need this. Um, which I think is very interesting. But I'm just curious, why had nobody done this before Explorex? Or had they? Were there other players in this space before you guys came along? Yeah, uh, so I'll tell you something. Like if you look at this space in terms of software, I think there would be at least a thousand people doing it, right? And all mostly local, you'll have one or two nationally known names. The... 
logic behind this was that all of these guys had traditional businesses. Then they thought that, okay, restaurants are buying computers from us. So let's uh, build software. So they got some third party guy to build a little bit of software. And then they added some things here and there. And they were happy making 150k or like if I talk in rupees, one, two crore profit a year is a lot of money for a person, right? So those local players have been concentrated. They were selling the software for around one and a half lakh, two lakhs. Uh, and then somebody else comes in, they say, I'll sell for 70,000. Then somebody else comes in and says, I'll sell for 50,000 because no differentiation on the product was there. Everybody was copying each other and building the same thing. Now, price war was the only thing that was happening. And none of these guys were, uh, to say, entrepreneurial in that way. They, they were not thinking of building a venture or building value. They were just thinking of building business like... Making money. Making money, yeah. It sounds like it's a revenue-oriented business as yeah. opposed to a customer oriented yeah, business absolutely and and because of these technologies even restaurants were not able to evolve or uh, try out new models right which they are able to do with us uh, some of our partners have actually spun out new kind of outlets that uh, did not uh, exist before or was not possible as well now when i talk about data right i told at the very beginning that all of these are connected problems that were Think of it, if you've been to a pub or a brewery or a mid-sized restaurant recently, you would have faced somebody at the gate asking for the for your name and number, right? What happens after that? The name and number is just there and you're ordering something inside. There's no link to this. That data is valueless. It's just name and number. With us, what we did was you take the name and number and you're ordering on the QR code and it's all mapped to your orders. Like, who's Caleb? What kind of beer does he drink? How many times is he coming to my place? How many friends is he bringing, right? Because every friend you bring might uh, create a network effect and they might start bringing their friends and all, right? So that's one part of it, which could have been uh, solved by those guys, but they thought that, okay, everybody else is doing billing software. That's a crowded market. I'll do uh, like reservation or I'll do uh, a tablet for taking down name and number. And, and that's not, those are all revenue focused companies. Like, okay, I want to make a, business and make some money and that doesn't solve anything apart from that now with us that part is sorted now with payments and all if today a restaurant wants to get a loan the major problem becomes that they don't own the property it's leased or rented and you cannot put it as collateral right and because of that the recollection in the offline space is the biggest issue so if you go to a bank and you ask for a loan they'll give you an uh, edc terminal and say that every day you have to swipe at least five thousand or ten thousand on this machine and there's no guarantee that the restaurant is going to do that he can he sees that a business is going down he can choose that uh, i'll not swipe now because my business is down and even to get that loan, he probably had to knock 10 doors at least with a file of paper, getting them audited. And and even then, he would only get a portion of their, his credit card transactions as a loan. Like if you were doing one CR or $100,000 and your credit card volume was $40,000, you would get 25% of that as a loan. With us, what we are able to do is because we have the entire view of what their revenue is, what their trend is, we are providing APIs to our partners who are uh, base, uh, basically providing revenue-based financing from 80% to 150% of the revenue, not the credit card volume. So it's almost like EMIs for restaurants, like it, it kind of auto-deducts? Yeah, so because we control payments, so we basically can deduct the interest and there's no way that you can say, hey, I didn't do any business today because you're using my system and I know. And you can't use two systems. It's like having one steering in a car, right? You can't have two steerings. So that's... Uh, and. Anyways, it's basically better for the owner because if he wants to expand, that 25% on the credit card volume doesn't really do anything for him, right? So 
this revenue, like if you're doing one CR and you can get 1.5 CR, you can definitely open another outlet. And and that's super helpful. And these are all interconnected problems that need to be solved. There are multiple more that we are yet to do. But yeah, we have that vision that the ecosystem has to exist. And probably it's also because of the value that the ecosystem has created. Why none of our customers have left us. Like one guy did and then he came back. So was, I think that was because the restaurant shut down too, right? No, no. So it was, so as I said, we are still building, right? We are competing in a space where people have been there for over 10 years and have built out a ton of features differently. So there are guys who like, I need that particular feature. Even if let's say 100 people are not asking that one person is asking and you can't build a feature for one person. So he was like, if you don't build it for me, I'll leave. And this was in the early days when we didn't even have payments, by the way. So he left. He tried everywhere else. And then he said that, no, you guys were better. So he just came back. And now we have payments. We have all of these lending services and everything. So uh, that basically adds to the delight. That's pretty That's pretty incredible with, um, I, I think on your website, it says 350 restaurants. Yeah. Is, is that number a little bit higher now? or That number is high. That number is just in Bangalore right now. So we are pan-India uh, as of now, right? Yeah. We launched Kolkata uh, two months back. We launched Hyderabad this month in May. We launched uh, Delhi. We, we are launching, uh, no, we launched Goa. We are launching Mumbai and Pune as well. And planning Chandigarh, Jaipur, all of those sites as well. So that's, I mean, that's amazing that yeah. you're in all these different locations, but yeah. the churn is is basically zero, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so th this is the next question that I wanted to ask. Um, this process of scaling up, right? Mm. Um, you, you talked about those outages that you yeah. mentioned earlier and you yeah. got kind of blasted yeah. for those. Um, how difficult is it uh, at the stage that you guys are at to mm. sort of scale and meet more and more demand? Because I know in the early days you were a bit more exclusive, like you mm. kind of wanted to uh, grow slowly yeah. and intentionally, carefully, so that yeah. you don't... Uh, uh, you we know, don't break overextend things, yeah. yourselves, right? Yeah. Um, are you still in that mode of like you don't want to overextend, or are you kind of in this the the growth stage, the the scaling stage? No, we are at the scaling stage, but we are still selective, right? Sure. So let's say uh, if somebody is asking for a feature that's under development and we uh, haven't or we haven't built it out yet, we don't onboard those people. We keep them for later, right? And what we have figured out is uh, how do we go live anywhere in India from Bangalore? Like we don't need to put people in cities for support and all, right? Uh, that's one of the key things. The next part is uh, how do you expand? That's for every city, it's day zero. Because Bangalore, what has happened now is people know us in Bangalore. It's a word of mouth thing. It's a word of mouth. But that hasn't happened in all the cities, right? Like Hyderabad is a little bit easier because there are a lot of owners in Bangalore who have outlets in Hyderabad or friends in Hyderabad. So that uh, expansion actually happened before we intended to expand. We intend, like we started Hyderabad because we saw that, okay, these guys are anyways coming in. So let's have a, uh, and we have only one guy in Hyderabad, by the way. So it's that lean team. Uh, and uh, one employee over there. One employee. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, Scaling thing is, again, like you need to get to a certain number when the tipping point just reaches, like it, it probably is a hundred outlets wherein people start talking about you and then you basically go in and people know you and they trust you, right? Because a key part of our offerings is payments and people in India usually are very, uh, they don't trust you much, right? If you're a new name, so they won't trust you with payments or their money. So that's something that we are cracking. We are utilizing our partners as well in that, like our channel partners, uh, our payment partners, all of those guys are helping out. I saw this one uh, yeah. thing that you had said, and I think it was a, a, a interview or maybe a news article or something that 
uh, and it really shocked me um, that for every one sale that mm-hmm. you guys make, every restaurant that you onboard, yeah. there's three other restaurants that yeah. are coming onto your platform through word of mouth referrals yeah. from people who are already on ExploreX. Yeah, and uh, is that number still accurate? That number. So now we have become more aggressive on sales. So that's one is to one right now. Okay. Right? Uh, but the sub. So Hyderabad actually came entirely from word of mouth. We have outlet uh, one outlet in Lucknow. Right, we don't have any presence in Lucknow. Kolkata again started before we put a team in Kolkata. So those are the things that happened because of word of mouth. But then I realized that uh, we needed to have teams so that we could go uh, go aggressive on these markets. And uh, these are the major markets where you need to first tap in. And then obviously there's a lot of, uh, again, this comes from all the travel I do, right? If you go to Udupi, you'll find a lot of great, uh, so Mangalore has this village restaurant, which probably is, like one of the biggest restaurants if you put in Bangalore and they're probably doing easily at least a crore in terms of monthly revenue, right? It's a fine dine place. You won't expect a place like that in Bangalore and a similar kind of a bar is there in Udupi as well. And these guys are using, I don't know what software from which planet they're using, right? It's it's very sad. Like the technology today that I see is sad and that's even sadder. So nobody approached those markets yet payments is happening. Those guys probably need lending. Those guys need help with customers. The main innovation in food or restaurants that happened recently was food delivery. And that's a that's a great revolution that happened, right? But nobody took care of what about dine-in. Like there were couponing platforms which would bring customers, but that was not innovation. That That is kind of an advertisement or a marketing. And I don't believe that to be strong. That doesn't change somebody's life. That doesn't impact anybody's life except for the owner who's making more money, right? So this gap in India is, and and again, one more reason why nobody else did it is why those point solutions exist is this is such a saturated market. Like there are so many players you could, I could name 10 just sitting here that you would think, why would I get into such a crowded space? But then you have to understand that all of that crowd is froth, right? Uh, You really can cut through it. It's not that difficult because they don't have any tech right now. They won't. The only thing that they can do is probably offer their software for free, but how long will they do it? Because they're a revenue-focused fo- uh, company and they've never built it that way. And they're mainly mainly building one solution as a, as opposed to like this end-to-end comprehensive suite of, yeah. of solutions. Yeah, yeah. Some of them have, let's say, one or two products that have interlinked, but then they sell it like, okay, this product is for $10 and then this product is for $20. It's like mo- modular pricing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work in India because as an owner, what we have understood as an owner, I would not want to try out or pay for something that I have not tried out or uh, I don't see clear value in. That's why we go with the bundled approach because once you give it out for free, we do have a lot of other avenues to make money. But when you get it for free, you start using it and then you understand the value of it. And then you want improvements on top of it, right? So that's how it has to be done. Okay. Uh, In 2022, you guys raised your seed round of $5 million. What did that enable you guys to do? That basically enabled us to hire our engineers, right? Like uh, initially, as I said, Pritam was the main guy and we had two more people. But that round enabled us to hire great engineers, great uh, top leadership people and also expanding, right? That's what it has enabled us. And even if uh, we're raising after this, it's purely going to be for product development and scaling. Because we don't, unlike consumer companies, we don't have any ad uh, like discount burns or ad burns and all of those things we are pure b2b and we just need food on the ground or some kind of word of mouth maybe a little bit of gorilla marketing here and there but nothing major so that's just it okay uh 
Um, there's been a lot of talk lately about this thing, this new thing, this yeah. initiative by the government of India mm -hmm. called ONDC. Yeah. And they're sort of billing this as the future of, of e-commerce. And, you know, it's going to touch a lot of different industries, mm -hmm. um, or at least that's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those industries is restaurants. Yeah. Um, are you guys planning on getting onto ONDC? Not at this moment. Also, I'll be uh, honest about why not, right? So I have used ONDC on Paytm to order food. And I'll tell you that these delivery guys did not spend multi-millions or even billions of dollars just like that. They have changed my expectation, my habits, and right? Now, the first of all, the access on ONDC is very cumbersome. Like I have to go to an app, then search for ONDC, then get into like so many. By that time, I would have probably ordered on all of these food delivery platforms and same thing for e-commerce as well, but I'll stick to food. And pay on Paytm specifically, it's pretty brutal. It's, yeah. it's hard to find because their yeah. app is so bloated anyways. And my experience was bad because I ordered three times and I only got the food once. Right. And I had no clue where do I connect with if my food is not coming. So today's customer has... Uh, become so much convenience loving or like so much attached to convenience that if I have that one bad experience, I'm not going to try again. I'll give you another example of something apart from UPI. UPI was a great thing. This thing called Digi Yatra that government is doing at airports, right? The initial experience was terrible, but initially they used to choose people and I unfortunately or fortunately was one of those guys that had to go through that bad phase of Digi Yatra where it took more time than a normal queue. But now I love it because the government or somehow I was forced to do that. I was selected and I was forced to go through that. And now I am an ambassador of uh, Digiatra. Like whenever we travel, I tell my friends, hey, get your Digiatra done because you just show your face and you don't have to show your ticket and Aadhaar to a guy. You just walk in. That convenience, uh, if you are creating from day one, then ONDC, I believe, yeah, can be a great platform. But I don't see them doing it. And the more this thing happens, people will... Pull lose back. trust. Yeah, lose trust, right? And it it will take even uh, the government to build a great team. Like all of these companies have built really, really great team with talented people, right? So they will have to match these guys. And because they're attacking the entire market, like ONDC itself is an ecosystem that they're trying to build. So it will take a lot of time, right? Uh, right now it's too early and I am not a believer in ONDC just for the convenience factor. That how do you create the convenience that private people have been able to do. That's why privatization happened a lot, right? So that's the, my take on ONDC. Sure, that's fair. We we had a similar experience here where we we tried to order these uh, two Diet Cokes yeah. and <laughs> I think it took like a week to get them <laughs> and only one of them showed up yeah. and there was no accountability. Yeah, like we yeah. had no one to go to to complain. There yeah. was no like just sort of tracker, how mm -hmm. long is it going to take? You're just in the dark. But then again, it's early days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's early days. But the problem is uh, either you have to be different if you're going to tackle something or you have to be better, right? You can't be both like same and uh, like worse. Then it doesn't work out for even any startup, right? Like, uh, so direct delivery was one thing at one point of time. Like a lot of companies thrived or all of these guys were doing it. We even have uh, like integrations with a lot of these delivery guys like Shadowfax and Dunzo and all. 
the reason we did not do de direct delivery while our customers asked for it was we never believed that it would happen. Like I am so much attached to Swiggy and uh, let's say I order from Swiggy. So I am so much attached to Swiggy that I don't even think of uh, going to a website for a restaurant and order and the way they are marketing, like you put a QR code on your packaging, I throw away the packaging. I don't even care about the packaging. So how will you get orders from me? And who takes the credibility, right? Today, if something happens, Swiggy refunds. Who is going to refund? Who am I, who am I going to talk to? All of those things are a big question. And today's customer, especially Indian customers, are not experimental, very honestly. That's why you have to burn so much in a consumer company early days to get customers. We don't experiment. We are not at the... So uh, that bell curve that happens, right? I believe for India, it's not a bell. It's rather a tent. Like you have some customers here, but most of them are there at the top. So in order to bring them, you have to give them some sort of attraction that they can come down, they can try. And they still will be there only because of the attraction. If you remove that, most of them will again go back. So that's the problem. Yeah, I've noticed that about the Indian market. It is more like a tent. Yeah. But I think you guys kind of probably employed the same strategies along the way as well, right? Like there were some sort of freebies that you might yeah. have given to restaurants in the early days. Yeah, so what we did was and one part of it still continues that we don't charge a SaaS fee, right? Because we don't believe, uh, I personally don't believe that in the SME uh, space in India, you can make a lot of money from SaaS fees. No, we don't want to pay. So the software part was easy. We were giving it out for dirt cheap or sometimes even free. But the challenge actually happened when we went to payments, right? Because first part, nobody trusted us. We were very new in the market. And then there's something called an MDR in the payment space, right? Like somebody has something. It's not a constant for everybody. It's different for everybody. And to get, and we were working with this big, big guys, right? And they make a lot of money, right? So they were not even like willing, like, okay, you guys just do software. We'll let the big boys take care of the payments and all. So we said, hey, you know what? We'll save you. We'll give it to you for 0%, right? For the uh, first six months or a first year, depending on the customer, we said we'll give it to you for 0%. And that 0% would have saved someone at least 50,000 to 2 lakhs, depending on the business that they're doing per month. So we burnt a little bit on that at the initial days. But uh, what happened because of that was they could experience the faster payouts, right? The next morning, they're getting those payments and there's auto settlement. Their staff started loving it. They started talking to their managers. The managers started talking to their owners. And then owners, started talking among themselves that hey these guys are doing this and it's pretty helpful for our staff and all of those things so that's how we built that initial trust but the core problem which I was stating is uh, like take for example Uber it, it was solving both Ola and Uber were solving a much bigger problem that I don't want to wait at the road for a cab that's like hoping that a cab just empty cab just comes in yet they had to give free, freebies right uh swiggy on the other hand food delivery was not a normal phenomenon in india they had to educate me so i uh, agree with their strategy of the burn but even ola and uber uh took that strategy to gain ma like mass coverage of the market they didn't wait for the word of mouth but i think somewhere even if you're building a company today at a seed level or something you should try to experiment that if I take some of that away, is the person going to stay with me? Because now we charge at a higher level, right? We don't give free anymore. Yet people stick with us because we are providing solid value, right? And, and that value, and these are the unique propositions that we have been able to create that the market has been craving for. Or even I would say the market didn't even know about. Like, I, I, I love that quote. Somebody said that if you ask the customer, what does he want? He would say a faster horse because the customer doesn't know. I, I forget if that was Steve Jobs or 
somebody. Uh, I think that was Henry Ford. Yeah, that was Henry Ford. Yeah. And and it's the same thing. Like if we asked the customer what does he need, he would have said a better POS or a fancier POS. And that's not what he actually needs. So those unique uh, things actually are what led us to get into YC, led us to get, raise the pre-seed, led us to raise the seed, led us to a lot of awards, a lot of these things, right? Yeah. Speaking of awards, yeah. um, I think this was just, at the time of us recording, this was just like two or three days back yeah. that... You actually got into Forbes 30 Under 30. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know, like, <laughs> this is a weird question, but, yeah. like, how do you get into Forbes 30 Under 30? Is it, uh, is it like, pay to win? Like, you just, you know, are they taking money for this? Or yeah. how does it work? So, um, while a lot of things can happen by money, but, like, getting into an IIT, getting into YC... And getting into Forbes, there's no way that I know that you can pay to get into it, right? So this was our, again, this was our third attempt, right? I, I know that we didn't get selected earlier when we attempted because probably we didn't do anything much significant at that point of time. But uh, what happened this time around was uh, a lot of our friends and uh, a few of our investors were alumni already, right? And what I learned is uh, for Forbes to take you seriously, you have to get a really good recommendation from some, either from the alumni preference or somebody who's been a previous uh, jury member or something like that. So we got Harsh from OK Credit. Uh, he uh, nominated us. Abhinav from Innovator nominated us. And a few other people did, right? And the the like the weirdest part is I missed out on the semifinals. So we made it to the semifinals and they had mailed us and we completely missed out. So uh, the representative from Forbes uh, just pinged me on LinkedIn that, hey, did you see the mail? Uh, I just jumped and I said no. And I just jumped and checked the email and we saw this. So they asked for some uh, more details about what do you do? What is that unique thing? It's kind of like a YC application and photos and all. And then I said that, how do we get to know if we made it or not? And they just said, you get to know when you know it. So there's no way you can communicate or con contact with them beyond this like i have sent tons of emails to get to know and no replies so uh two days back early morning when i wake up and i see the mail i see that okay you have congratulations you've made it and that's how i got to know but it's again it's hard work and luck that luck portion is there it, it may be 10 percent not more but Without hard work, you will never be able to get into any of these three that I mentioned. That's the end of it. That was Moinak Sarkar, co-founder of Explorex. And by the way, when Moinak first got into IIT Karakpur, most of his friends from back home in Kolkata thought that he'd paid to get in. So, you know why I said IIT? Because when I got into IIT and uh, we have this private engineering colleges in Kolkata, right? Wherein if you don't even make it through the engineering exam, you can pay a management fee and get into engineering, right? So when I got into IIT and I was the only guy from my uh, school who got into IIT, everybody else asked me, how much did your dad pay? <laughs> right. These, these are people like in, in uh, Kolkata. Kolkata where you're from. Yeah, yeah. They don't realize that it's not that way with IIT. Yeah, yeah. And... Probably none of them even gave that exam. Everybody gave the state level exam and they didn't even clear that, right? So they were like, uh, okay, so some of them got into engineering by paying. And I, the most uh, scary thing for me is some of them got into medical by get, paying. Like, so they're doctors today. And That's, that is scary. <laughs> that is scary, right? And uh, those are the things. So when, uh, like, I've faced this question for two to three years constantly. Hey, tell me, how much did you pay? <laughs> Finally, I told them that uh, my dad paid some two crores or three crores. Yeah, like just that. give them the answer <laughs> just, that they're just sold the house. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching or listening to the podcast this week, and I'll catch you in the next one.